Hi, Brett here. You'll notice that this episode came out a bit later than normal, but we're still releasing on Friday. You're also going to notice that the audio is a bit off. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, which contributed to us releasing later in the day, but also with uh, Tyler's audio, had to capture his a little differently this week. Uh, did the best I could, but uh, if you hear it a little differently, that is why you will hear it differently than normal. That is why um, don't have his normally captured audio this week running with a backup. So hopefully that is not going to dull your enjoying experience. Enjoy. Welcome back to Daz Meat World. It's officially season two. We're off to high school. Yes, uh, this is your weekly deep dive into that classic show, Boy Meets World, where we take a look to dads and sometimes a couple of their friends uh, into what it means to get through this world. So we know uh, I am Tyler, one of your dads. And I am your other dad, Brett. How are you guys doing out there? And Tyler, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, Brett, I don't know about you, um, but there's a there's a, a holiday not that long ago that was, that was supposed to celebrate romance. And there's all these rom-cons that are, you know, out right now on all the different streaming platforms. And I gotta say, I've been quite enjoying just going back through and watching some classic rom-coms, you know? Oh, yeah? You got the bug? Oh, I always have the bug. I love rom com. <laughs> like I've been watching. Uh, he's just not that into you, and I always forget how much I enjoy little movies like that. Like, you know, how to lose movies. guy in ten days. And... I don't watch that one. No, <laughs> but I mostly watch that one through like TV. So like, if it's not uh, the TV version, I don't know if I actually want to watch it. Oh, you miss Terry Bradshaw's uh, hindquarters in that one. If you watch on TV, I bet. I think you're thinking of failure to launch. Okay, yeah, that, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shows Welcome you how to... many rom-coms I've really paid that much attention to. <laughs> Tyler educates Brett on rom-coms. Brett, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, uh, just spent uh, the weekend with you out in the in the woods of Pennsylvania, and uh, came back hale and hearty. Although one of my children is uh, fighting a bug. And uh, recorded a podcast for my day job today at work, so uh, I'm, I'm in podcasting gear tonight. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, it feels good to get back into a regular episode. It does, and I am excited for all of the new characters we get to meet in Season 2, and I just, I love Season 2. Mm-hmm. Well, Season 2 feels like this nice new fresh start for the show. Mm-hmm. It's like it restarts itself in a way. It really is. A, it's like a soft reboot for the series because, mm-hmm. I mean, we got the first season of meeting them and getting to establish who they are. And, you know, so we've got enough backstory to know who they are that we're not going in cold. But we get this entirely new world for them to explore. And we get to jettison all the things that didn't work, like Minkus. <laughs> 
poor, poor Minkus. Yeah, I, I feel no, no sorrow for losing Minkus in season two. <laughs> no. Again, though, like, the actor, I think, did everything he was asked to do. This show just didn't have a room for that type of character. Indeed. Yeah, and it just didn't fit with him, you know, with Corey and Sean. So, yep, is what it is. Indeed. Right. I feel like we need a plan. You know what I mean? We do. Like it's the new year, new activities. We need a plan. We do. Do you have your copy of the plan? Oh, shoot. Corey, I lost my copy of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to give them that synopsis, Brett? I will. And here is your copy of the plan, good looking people. In the second season premiere, Corey and Sean meet new teachers and new students at John Adams High School, but don't exactly enjoy their first day at high school. This episode was written by David Kendall, directed by David Trainer, carrying over from season one, originally aired on September 23rd, 1994, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.9. Uh, this, uh, just a fun side note for you as we dive in, season two brings us new, loca- new locations, new cast members, and a jump in viewership. The average mm-hmm. viewership in season one do you want to take a guess at the average viewership in season one, Tyler? Oh, let's go 10 million. Eight and a half. Okay, it's not too bad. Eight and a half season one. Season two marked a jump up to 11 and a half. And it would be the second highest viewed season during the series' first run on broadcast television. Nice. All right. So take us away, O oh host of this week. <laughs> well, I think we need to first establish something, Brett. And, and that is that seventh grade is not high school. You no. can be in the high school building, but that's not high school. Exactly. And, and, and that's the part of this. Like, I'm just going to say is that season had to season mm-hmm. because 7th <laughs> and 12th graders don't interact. No. Unless you know somebody. Like, I knew seniors because my brother had friends who were seniors. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I knew who seniors specifically were. Or, like, they were on the football team. They talked to the the fresh or the junior high football team like there's there's no other reason for a senior to interact with a seventh grader mm-hmm. yeah and when when this first came out uh the the concept of a shared a school that ran seventh to twelfth grade was foreign to me because I'm, I'm sure I've shared before I was homeschooled from sixth grade on but in the school district I would have been attending uh K through eight was all in the same building and fifth through eighth grade was on one end of the building. You didn't go into the high school building until you hit ninth grade. So this this very concept of hitting the high school building at seventh grade was entirely foreign to me. 
So definitely you're still going to have some episodes going to episode just in the overarching concept here. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure we'll still hit some episode specific stuff. So those viewers who like to complain, I won't mention any names, but their initials rhyme with Abby, who like to complain that we lean on that as a crutch. You're not (laughs) losing it this season. (laughs) No, but like, it's just that thing of, it's easier just to say high school and that they're all together than to just be like, oh yeah, middle school. This is the middle school section. This is the high school section. And then they can just keep <laughs> the same set throughout the next few years. And then it's ambiguous uh, as far as what grade that they're in. Oh yes. This is like the last, t- this is like the last period where they talk about what grade they're in until their senior year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because their seventh grade here, their senior year, season five. So between season three and season four, they're going to go eighth through 11th grade. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, would you like to give me to give you my theory now on what season two is and then season three and so on? Sure. All right. I wasn't playing on this, but might as well, because this is something that's been cooking in my brain for years. This is the whole reason we have the podcast, so I can explain these weird theories I have for Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) my thought has always been that um, season two is a culmination of stories from when he was in middle school. It's stories when he was in seventh and eighth grade. And it's this transition time period where every couple of weeks he'd get a new girlfriend or, you know, he go on some weird adventure and, you know, he just kind of, I, in, in the retelling of, as my understanding is he's telling one of his kids about these stories, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he just forgets in what grade Eric is in. Cause it doesn't matter. Cause he's still there. Now the grade that matters is season three. Cause that's when he's in ninth grade. Ninth grade is the whole year. It's a special year. Cause that's the year that his brother is graduating from high school. So he remembers all the details, plus a year he dates Topanga. And then season uh, four is a culmination of his sophomore and junior year. And so he and Topanga date for two years straight. And it's just that, again, they're just kind of telling the highlights. That also means that Eric probably spent two years out of school, not just one. So spent a year a year, year and a half working for his dad. And then, you know, the rest of the time here, he spends kind of struggling and just trying to try to figure out what he wants to do. So I can buy that head cannon. I've always viewed them merging years into single seasons anyway. So, yeah. Oh, Cause it, it, it does not make sense to go from sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, senior year. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, it'd be one thing if they were like, oh, yeah, uh, that first year he was actually, you know, a freshman. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't. <laughs> but also throughout this whole year, he acts much more immature. And then it's just this weird boost he has that that next year. What feels like he is light years away from who he is at the start of this season. Yeah, so good-looking people, send us in your theories and your headcanon about how they worked out the uh, the grades. And also, send us in your own high school experiences. When did you officially enter high school and did you share a building? 
Yeah. Yeah. To get back to the question, I did share a building, middle school and high school, and, and my school district still does that, but it just seventh graders aren't high school, man. They're not. They're they're junior high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do share a, a hallway. It's the giant hallway, and everybody's just trying to get to class. So, <laughs> but uh, anywho, let's get into the episode. Uh, we start with Alan and uh, Amy in the uh, kitchen trying to get ready for the day, and uh, you know Alan's excited because Corey's going to high school. High school. <laughs> and. Amy's kind of nervous for him, you know, and Corey uh, just jumps down off uh, the stairs onto the uh, ground, all excited, yes, and he... even uh, tells Morgan, looking short. <laughs> I love that. And then Morgan says something interesting. Go back to camp, loser. Corey yes. went to camp? Appar- yeah, camp was, because Corey's not the only one we'll find out went to camp, and and this is not the only season where there's references to going away to camp for the summer. Yeah, but not to jump ahead, but in a few seasons, Corey complains because his parents didn't send him to camp, and <laughs> his parents said, yeah, we sent you to camp, you complained the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe he went to a week-long camp, who knows? Oh, but it's maybe. Just... <laughs> Well, we, we find out why Corey is not the nervous wreck Amy uh, expected him to be in this clip that I pulled. Because I know my place. I understand where I am in the high school universe. See, I'm starting off a nothing, a zero. A big booger. You know how you tell me the earlier I do my homework, the better I'll know the stuff? You've done homework? It's a metaphor. But all summer long, I bugged Eric about what high school is going to be like. And I took notes. Impressive. Thank you. So, how do I avoid years and years of abuse and humiliation? Don't get married. It's a metaphor. All right, here's my plan. Today I make friends with the most feared and influential senior in high school, Harley Kiner. And in one master stroke, I go from lowly first-year victim to Harley's most trusted advisor. Sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. Does sound like a plan. I'm not really sure if I really like uh, Alan and Amy's interaction here. Of He makes a joke, she smacks the back of his head. Because we didn't see that at all last season, but, you know... Maybe we're just seeing a more playful side to them. Indeed. And, you know, it's, it's I can buy it because uh, my mine and, and Kelly's is more verbal, sparring, bickering. But mm. it's that kind of playfulness. And if we look, we, we can find some of the verbal playfulness in season one between Alan and Amy. But it does bring a little something new. And maybe if, if we look at it from Corey as a narrator perspective, it could be something he hadn't picked up on before in season one. Right. And coming into season I two. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not that out there, really. Like, I know for <laughs> a fact that my wife has playfully smacked me once or twice. So, it, it, But it's always between us. So it's never anything dramatic. Um, it's it, just kind of, and it was, it's just that, it was the nineties. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's just like, I think it's just that jarringness of like, things are different now this season. Mm. It's not this, these, I guess safe would be the right word to put with this. Like this show is getting a little bit more edgy. Um, edgy. Yes. A little more friends ish is the way to put it. Yes. Yes. I wonder if that'll come back. <laughs> yeah. 
But we mentioned Harley Kiner. Yes. Who is that? Who is this Kiner, Harley? That sounds interesting. Yes. I I just like how Alan or Amy is like, I don't know how you feel about you becoming his toady. <laughs> his toady footstool. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Amy, ever loving. And slightly out of touch, I, I'm, I'm reminded of when uh, she did her cheer for Eric last season, and his comments are cute, dated, out of touch, but cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, and she try, they try, they both try to say, you know, like, hey, just, you know, do the best you can and just kind of go with it, you know, open to whatever's going to happen. And, no one else has a plan. And then we get Sean coming in the door and... They had no right to pass me. I am an idiot. Because... Corey, I lost my copy of the plan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I... <laughs> uh, well, I, again, this show, this episode sets off very clearly of who Sean is. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're... No longer the I can't help but mess with the nerd. He is just <laughs> I'm kind of lost. I'm kind of out there. And oh look, in a few minutes we'll find out that girls notice him. Yes, <laughs> but no more is Sean just the kid with something inside him that tells him he has to mess with someone else's burger. We see an insecure Sean who knows I was cool in seventh grade. I really am a I I I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And he has sideburns <laughs> now. No right to pass me. Yes, he has sideburns. Um, he didn't have those yesterday. They noticed. No. <laughs> oh, and yes, and Mrs. Matthews. And we're old enough now to buy our own hair. <laughs> uh, then uh, Eric walks in, of course, and. Uh, Eric, I'm just going to say, he hasn't changed one little bit. No, he has not. Uh, we're we're getting prime high school Eric, really. And, and we're getting even closer to peak Eric hair as well. Yes. And Eric has a contract for Corey here. With regard to my brother, Eric Matthews, hereafter referred to as, oh, great one. I, Corey Matthews, hereafter referred to as insignificant speck. <laughs> Pledge never to contact the great one verbally or non-verbally during any and all school hours from this day forward forever and ever. Amen. And Eric is mouthing <laughs> the contract the entire time that Corey yes. reads it. <laughs> He's very proud of his, uh, his written work, uh, oh, for yes. sure. And you can just tell Amy's just so annoyed immediately. Mm, she's so disappointed in her son. But his social mm-hmm. status means more to him than his brother. <laughs> but he's his brother. So, of course, he loves them. Just not at school. <laughs> <laughs> if they find out he has uh, a seventh grader for a brother, it'll ruin him for, for life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, says, Mom, look, I don't like walking all over Corey any more than you do. <laughs> I have heard that type of nonsense my whole life. I don't want to make these jokes. You don't give me an option. Baloney. Oh, um, man. It, it, it kind of, re- in, in a way, 
Corey may have earned this kind of a sentence, a a comment based on his, you wasted a perfectly good birth on this and those Uh kind of barbs he used to throw Eric's way. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they go back and forth consistently, so there's no way else around it. Oh, no. This is classic brother behavior. Uh, and then, of course, we have Mr. Feeney walking in uh, to the uh, shot. Oh, and yes. Again, I have to say, I know we've had something similar to this, but this is the start of, and then this person walks in, and then this person walks in, and then this person walks in, mm-hmm. and then somehow the kitchen is full of people, almost as many Feenies as there was in the last episode. <laughs> this is a very full kitchen right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Corey and uh, is quite uh, rubbing it in that uh, they're moving on from him and they don't have to worry about seeing him anymore. Are you missing? Are you going to miss us? No. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's a large uh, rusty object blocking not only my driveway, but most of the light into my kitchen. That's my new car. (laughs) Am I to assume that she moves? (laughs) Like the wind, especially downhill. (laughs) Oh, you want me to move it? (laughs) Ah, yes. The classic uh, clunker car. Yeah. Everybody has one of those. I had one. Oh, yes. That was fun. Uh, I learned you can. uh, My first car was a 1984 Ford Tempo. And I learned you can start. It was a five speed manual transmission. I learned you can start from a dead stop in fourth gear because that's all I had when I. I, I threw it in reverse and I went to shift into first and the entire gearbox assembly shifted over and I only had fourth gear. <laughs> had, nice. to, had to drive a few miles back home through at least three stop signs with just fourth gear. <laughs> Very nice. I didn't name that car, yeah. but I had it. <laughs> I had a Mercury Sable and she was quite good to me. Mm. She got me many trips uh, to see my wife and then realized I no longer needed her services. So I let her, my father take it and she, he drove her for a couple more years. He let someone else buy it and then transmission died. So, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I was quite upset when he sold my car, but technically it was his car all along. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But anywho, um, we realize that we're gearing up for high school, so why don't we get to the hallways of the high school? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like to call this moment Corey and Sean unintentionally are bullying these two kids. <laughs> yes. This is it. High school. What happens to us now will determine our entire futures. This is it. <laughs> It's, I I know it's for TV, but I can see it happening in real life so easily knowing all of the seventh graders I have ever worked with or known tangentially and know just how little awareness they have in the moment. I can totally Uh see this happening. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. 
oh, Brett, we spent a weekend with teenagers <laughs> that are able to drive and, you know, we're almost there. And just the amount of unawareness that many of them oh, had yeah. this past weekend. <laughs> Just being like, did no one see these boxes? Why didn't anybody move the boxes? Why didn't you put the things back inside the boxes? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take a minute and get to know our nerds that get uh, slammed in the door. Um, yes, please. We've got, uh, and actually, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go for third because there's there's a third one that'll walk past here. Uh, we've got Alvin Lemke and Herbert. I'm not entirely sure which one's which. Uh, one of the ones that'll walk past Corey and Sean in a minute here. Uh, Alvin is played by Jeremy Wyand. Uh, this is only Boy Meets World appearance, and only 15 other acting credits, uh, including Sister Sister, the Clueless TV series, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, Saved by the Bell, a New Class, and a few others. So. Made his way around the TGIF uh, block. Uh Lemke, played by Lucas Jackson. Uh, This is the first of two times we'll see him on Boy Meets World. He'll show up again in episode five this season as Alvin. (laughs) Only other acting credit is a TV movie called The Alien Encounters in 1979. Interesting. And Herbert is uh, played by Jonathan C. Kaplan. He'll show up in later episodes of season two as Simon and as Alvin. So all three of these guys will have played Alvin. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Uh, he's actually still active. Uh, 31 acting credits to his name and has appeared in shows like Babylon 5, Platypus Man, Law and Order Franchise, The Good Wife, Elementary, and several others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, they walk in and there's a kid running around in his underwear. underwear. Like, what happened? Seniors, seniors, seniors took my clothes. Why? Because I'm the new guy. Right. And that's the point that I'm like, but seniors wouldn't care. They're too busy driving into the, like, okay. <laughs> Being someone who's in public school and, and riding with people who are seniors, I know one thing for sure. Seniors get there as close to the bell as humanly possible, and they don't care. Yeah. Years a year that they're like, oh, I have a car. I'll get there like a minute or two late, and it doesn't matter anymore. Now, Tyler, you do have to remember, though, I mean, you went to school in the middle of nowhere. This is, you know. Inner city, urban, well, maybe not quite inner city, but this is, this is suburban, uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> yes. Maybe the seniors need to do a little hazing of the new guy, but yeah, I, I agree with you though. This, it's, it's a little over the top. I, I, I don't know that I see many seniors hazing right. the new seventh well, graders like this. I, I get it. it. It's meant to instill the fear into Corey of. What could happen to me? Yes. <laughs> so it's still a fun anywho, psych gag. <laughs> yes. It, I mean, it's okay. All of these psych gags are hilarious. <laughs> they are. And just this turmoil <laughs> and these obstacles he has to get through. And then he meets immediately one of the worst obstacles possible. You were almost in my way. We get to meet yes. Frankie Stacchino, played by Ethan yes, Suplee. He is uh, okay. 
one of the best side actors, also characters in this whole show. Oh, uh, without a doubt. Ethan, this is the first of 19 times that he'll show up on Boy Meets World. Uh, he, as an actor, is closing in on 100 total acting credits, including uh-huh. uh, appearances on Sister, Sister. Mallrats, Remember the Titans, The Butterfly Effect, The Fountain. Uh, he was uh, in the entire Unstoppable. run. Yeah. The entire run of My Name is Earl, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, Deepwater Horizon, and a whole lot more. And yes, Sons if you're anarchy. listening to... <laughs> like I said, closing in on 100, 100 acting credits. And if you're listening to this episode early enough, he will be where, Tyler? Oh, Steel Con. Yeah, Steel Con coming up. <laughs> now, how does Corey know this is Frankie? Um, do you want me to say it or do you have the uh, clip? I don't have the clip. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm setting you up. <laughs> he, he looks at his nose. <laughs> he looks at his nose and goes, oh, strong territorial sense. Um, yeah, but Frankie is kind of like amused by him immediately. Um, and they're trying to say, yeah, we're trying to get to home room. And Joey, who's sitting beside him, oh, do you yes. have the actor for Joey? I do. Uh, Joey the Rat, played by Blake Soper. Uh, he actually shows up in 16 uh, episodes of Boy Meets World. He has 35 mm-hmm. acting credits to his name. He hasn't really acted outside of a music video setting since 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also appeared in My Two Dads, Family Ties, The Wonder Years, Salute Your Shorts, uh, Melrose Place, Aww. yeah, Smart Salute Guy, and he recurred in Third Rock from the Sun, I believe, in one of Professor Solomon's, uh, Dick Solomon's uh, classrooms. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Joey goes, your classroom's in there, pointing to a locker. And Sean, and Sean is eager to get in there to stay away. <laughs> um, should we talk about the thing that occurs right after this? Um, you mean this? Huh? I think he's saying that if he was someplace else, he wouldn't be here. What? You saying I'm gay? <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. Come on, let's finish him off. No, I need to be alone with my thoughts. Yeah, so I, I do have a deep dive about the word. And so I feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea to wait until the end to have a deeper, more nuanced discussion. Um, All right. Then also, if, if there's anything we need to cut out of there as well, just depending, just just to be wise, just to wait. So putting it aside, <laughs> I will come back to it. Because um, I, I fully understand that for anyone who's younger listening to it, it can be confused by why that word is being used. And we can talk more about that directly at that time. Yes. So yes. Anyone who's listening to this in 2023, this is a show that was filmed in 1994, entirely uh-huh. different cultural context. And yes, I mean, yes. it is so, what it is. Yes. We will get into that later. But for right now we have to push past it. I do apologize if anyone wants to talk about it right now. We don't got the time right this moment because people start showing up again. Yes. So Sean wants to stay in the locker, but uh, he's convinced to come out because there's pretty girls out there. And while they're out there, 
<laughs> yes, Topanga's back. Topanga looks different. She does. And so this is the other thing that I might need to talk about. Yeah, Sean, probably should. Sean is uh Sean's got a little bit of the male gaze with his comment about summer was very good to you and you know, her response in, yes. rip, in ripping his sideburns off was, well, at least what I grew was real. <laughs> yes. But again, I will say that just because Sean is leering at her, it does not mean the camera is leering at her. Right. And and kudos to uh, uh, to David, uh, David Trainer, the director, mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, like in last season uh, during Kid Gloves, where the camera was as tasteful as it could with the situation where she was in her bathing suit, the camera does yeah. not leer. It does not point out. It does not draw attention to a pubescent Topanga Lawrence. It's merely yep. Sean's gaze. It is not the viewer that is invited to be a part of the gaze. Right. No, from now on, I'm going to insult you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I do love that girls is what gets Sean out of the locker. Topanga shows up and it, it is nice to see Topanga as a real person now mm -hmm. and not the hippie cartoonish version of herself. Yes. Uh, it's... I, I do forget that it is season two. There's the immediate switch. She's no longer doing the really tight curly Q hair anymore either. Mm -hmm. um, I know that is partially a real world reason behind that because it was a lot on her to do those because it was her and her mom doing them every single night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they basically had to say to the producers, like, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> so then they're just like, fine <laughs> but yeah but it you know it, it worked out it really Go did and, uh, but again she's a real person now she immediately fights back on them she rips uh, sean's uh, sideburns off <laughs> you know she's no longer just peace and love it is you need to act like you know Grow you're up. a big boy. <laughs> right. Grow, grow up is a good way of putting everything she says to the two boys. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But she says that they have Mr. Turner for homeroom. Mr. Turner, who's that? Oh, I've got this. I've got this for picking up right there. What if he was so bad Eric didn't want to tell me anything? I mean, what if he was just like Feeny? Only Feenier. <laughs> The one thing here I am not afraid of. I haven't met one yet that I couldn't take down. Hey. 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 That is Harley. I know it. That is Harley Kiner. That guy's got to be 30 years old. He's a lifer. And I think I made a very good first impression. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Uh, my name's Corey Matthews, and I want to be your friend. Cool. Yeah, I'll hold your coat for you. I'll stand in lunch line for you. I'll even do detention for you. Yeah, nice offer. Why don't you just do the homework? I'm not sure you want me doing your homework. I want all my students doing the homework. You're so mean they gave you students? <laughs> they give all the teachers students. I'm Jonathan Turner. You can call me mister. <laughs> late i do like that jonathan turner you can call me mister i i love the i, I love the whole interaction 
but pulling back from from the world of Blimey's World to the real world, it's it's this interaction that really impresses me with Ben Savage so far this season. The the way he emotes when uh, Mr. Turner tells him about uh, the homework and the him emoting shifting from going to trying to be his friend and all of a sudden that look of thinking they gave you students because you're so mean that just it really impresses me for for an actor his age and then it, within the characters I, I love Mr. Turner's attitude coming in and just being able to have fun with these little seventh graders and I'm, mm-hmm. Mr. I'm, I'm Jonathan Turner you can call me Mr. <laughs> right oh but this is precisely how a lot of younger male uh, seventh grade teachers tend to be, you know, mm-hmm. like I firmly remember having teachers who you might personally have them, but just they had this air of like, these are new students. We're going to mess with them. Oh, yes. As much as we can. <laughs> oh, and you don't even need to be a teacher to do that. You and I both mess with students that age range. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's, it's just so funny, like, just the confidence of him coming in, but also Corey being like, that is Harley. <laughs> I know it yeah. is. And let's talk about Mr. Turner for a minute. Mr. Anthony Tyler Quinn. Uh, before Boy Meets World, uh, he fair, appeared on Family Ties, Airwolf, Working Girl, and a few others. Uh, since Boy Meets World, he's been active, popping into Jag, Third Rock from the Sun, Just Shoot Me, Dexter, Ghost Whisperer, The Mentalist, House, NCIS, and of course, as Mr. Turner in Girl Meets World. Can I just say, he is my favorite guest appearance on Girl Meets World. <laughs> just, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say, though, is why wouldn't Corey expect that there could be a new teacher? Because he's 13. But also, like, okay, Topanga <laughs> wouldn't say, like, he's a new teacher. Do you not know that? Or could she have started to say that and Corey just didn't hear her because he's a teenage boy? I'm going to say yes to both of those could be very strong possibilities. (laughs) Do you know what our new saying is for this season? (laughs) Hit me with it. Teenage boy, man. Teenage boy. Corey's going to Corey. Corey. Oh, gosh. Uh, Hormone's going to (laughs) hormone. Telegram is teenager. <laughs> Do I still have that one on the way? Uh, Telegram from his teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just tell you what's so funny? Um, especially like this weekend, I was realizing it as we're like just around our wives and other people. The amount of quoting we just do regularly about Boy Meets World, not because of the podcast, <laughs> but just because that is just us just doing that all the time. Like I can mm-hmm. feel our, our wives rolling their <laughs> eyes at us. Oh, like, totally. We'll just be like talking all of a sudden, like we'll say something and then just the other one just goes, eh, eh, eh. And was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yes. I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, but 
yes, uh, uh, Mr. Turner is his English teacher, and he is late for homeroom. And now we're in Mr. Turner's uh, classroom. That's right. Mr. Turner's learning all about his new students. So he's trying to get to know his students a little bit. Mostly he hones in on Corey because Corey was trying to suck up to him. So he's trying to get a gauge for who Corey is. And Corey unintentionally throws shot under the bus. Did I say you could talk? <laughs> I forgot I do have that one. <laughs> cool. Yes, he does throw Sean under the bus. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's talking about the Odyssey. And so. You know anything about the Odyssey? Yes, I do. Yeah, besides that it's a book? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Who knows what Odyssey means? What's your name? Panga. Topanga. It means a difficult journey. Yes, it does. An epic journey about a guy just trying to get home alive in fantasy worlds with characters who have these ancient notions about loyalty and heroism. Yeah, who wants to read that? Yeah, apparently you do. What is that, X-Men? No, it's... What, I don't know X-Men when I see it? It's a great issue, wasn't it? You read X-Men? Do I read X-Men? Fantasy worlds, epic heroism, yeah, I read X-Men. In fact, let's all read X-Men. Your assignment is to read the Odyssey and this issue of X-Men. Finally! A cool teacher! My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion on the similarities and the differences. Feeny with an Eric. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but before we got there, sorry, I was a little confused, but uh, Corey throws him under the bus, and Sean's trying to do all of the tricks he would do with Feeny of just kind of ignore mm-hmm. and look away from him. <laughs> and Feeny kind of, or uh, Turner gets up close and personal and just gets in his eyesight and be like, Hello, Hi, Sean. Sean. I see you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I, okay. Just quick, quick nick pick. How does all the classmates get that copy of the X-Men comic that he has? Well, at that time, it was pretty easy to pick up that copy on the newsstand because uh, I I have that issue. I meant to grab it. It's in the other room in a long (laughs) box. Um, That was actually, uh, at this point, you could find that issue very easily because it was uh, the first issue of Joe Madeira's uh, run as an artist, and it was quite popular. And so gotcha. they they could very easily have tracked it down in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've never built up a comic book collection because it was a little more complicated to build up a comic <laughs> a little, book collection. A little harder in court. So, and, yeah. I was old enough. <laughs> Uh, but anywho, yeah, so Turner wants them to read the Odyssey and also X-Men. Uh, the Odyssey is kind of a large book. I'm really going to be amazed that seventh graders can read the whole thing in one night. Yeah, that that was the more challenging task I saw in the assignment. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, and that's the thing they do this season where it's like they have a book that they want them to focus on for that episode. <laughs> And so they're like, oh, yes, read the book. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but that takes time. And like, I read this in college. Okay, I read parts of the chapters of the book in college. But anywho, the main point is that in the college syllabus, it, you know, it's, it took weeks for us to get through the whole book. 
Mm-hmm. So like, I can't imagine that seventh graders are going to get through this book like within a week. Yeah. And my working head canon is that it's since it's seventh grade and they're working with some of these big texts, at least for the first day with the Odyssey, they probably have some selected texts that we just don't see on like, cause usually when right. you see up on the board, when like Mr. Feeney will come in and talk to the class, you'll usually see assignments written on the board specific pages. And so I'm just, at least, at least for now, I'm just going to assume that there are specific passages that are going to be drawn for this. Because there's no way they're reading that entire book. There's no way that these seventh graders no. are reading that entire book in a week in period. Then definitely not overnight. No. But I do love that later on in the show, they start showing that uh, they get the, uh, the the movie versions of things. So that way they know the story without reading the books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, they get out of class and uh, Corey's a little annoyed because, you know, they got called out. Sean's like, no, Corey, you got called out. And then I, you got me called out. You threw me under the bus. Oh, singled out. <laughs> yeah. You singled yes. me out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but then, Brett, we have that first hard reality of middle school life. They're not going to the be separation in the same of class. Friends. The C separates them mm-hmm. as they have to go to different classes. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I will say going from sixth grade where you were essentially in the same class with all the same people and or you were mixed with two different classes. So you were always seeing the same people every day. Mm-hmm. That jump can be quite hard, especially because, you know, everyone's doing the same classes at the same time period. Well, now your buddies are going all sorts of different directions and you're almost lost in these waves. And so I, I really do get that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's, that's tough. It can feel quite scary. I mean, they've been best, best friends since, you know, Sean taught Corey to pick the lock on his playpen. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, uh, Corey runs into somebody. He does. We finally get to, Oh, which somebody? Cause he runs into two somebody's here. Which one? Well, do you want he to? does go see Eric, but that's nice. the great one. More importantly, that, that goes nowhere. But we get finally get to meet Harley Kiner, who might take the SOTs this year. <laughs> so, yes, Harley Kiner, played by Danny McNulty, not very active as an actor. Boy Meets World is one of five total acting credits uh, he has, and he actually did not act between his the end of his run on Boy Meets World and when he came back to reprise his role of Harley on Girl Meets World. Again, one of the best uses of a former character in, in Girl Meets World. I'm really glad they did that. Yeah. But I do love this interaction between Corey and Harley. Yes. Harley Kiner, how the heck are you? <laughs> how the um, heck am I? Kill him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> again, I hate to make the joke again, but I just, I love this interaction of Frankie. It's a kid from when you was gay. Hey, look, it's a kid from when you was gay. 
And Frankie walks off, and and but Corey makes his case for why Harley should be nice uh, to make nice for us with a seventh grader, look out for him, allow him to join his gang, and so uh, we get. Uh, uh, nah, that's a poofy name. If you're gonna hang with me, you've got to have a name that inspires fear and respect. Let me look at you. From now on, you are Johnny Baboon. We get Johnny Baboon. <laughs> yes, classic uh, Boy Meets World nickname. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, but they're not in the halls for long, are they, Tyler? No, not with Marion Stippleman around. <laughs> Marion. <laughs> Mr. Marion Stimpleton, uh, played by Kevin West, very familiar. He's got 69 total acting credits. He's got one of those familiar faces. Uh, he will show up once more in season four as a character uh, named Wally. This is the only time we'll see Mr. Stimple, uh, Stimpleman. Uh, he also has appeared in the movie Junior, Biodome, The Pretender, Sliders, Gone in 60 Seconds, Alias, The West Wing, Chuck, and others. Oh, he's, he definitely is. He looks like a person that needs to be kind of a nerdyish character. Oh, yes. He, he honestly is like a live action Mr. Crockett from uh, Fairly Odd Parents. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when they get to the uh, principal's office and what is he in trouble for? God, on my nerves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so Corey gets in trouble and he gets uh, Harley in, in trouble as well. And he goes off to see the principal. Yes. And since they're seeing him alphabetically, Baboon goes first. <laughs> yes, Baboon goes first. At least my life can't get any worse. Wrong again. <laughs> Mr. Baboon. <laughs> Mr. Feeney? The legend continues. Wait, you're the principal here? Acting principal. Oh, so, th so that means you're only temporary, right? I mean, you don't have the full authority to authorize, let's say, detention or caning? <laughs> The school board, in its infinite wisdom, has seen fit to give me full authority. Now then, Mr. Stimpleman, what exactly did Mr. Matthews do? Got on my nerves? <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, Mr. Matthews, why don't we treat this little rendezvous as a dress rehearsal for the many visits we'll undoubtedly have this year? Huh? Get out of my face. Oh, sure, my next class is uh, American History with Mr. Fee. Mr. Fay. You're late. I love these little callbacks. You're late. <laughs> and I especially oh. love that Mr. Feeney sass with... The legend continues. And... Get out of my face. <laughs> Get out of my face is one I like to use quite often, <laughs> whether with teenagers or with my own child. <laughs> yeah, I've used that several times myself. But I, I like the the disciplinary method here where 
Mr. Feeney is showing some some real grace to Corey. He knows Corey's in a new school. He knows that, you know, he probably wasn't really doing anything horrible to be out in the halls after the bell. So he's going to treat this right. as a dress rehearsal for the first of many visits. <laughs> yes. Well, it's interesting because then the next scene is him and Harley in the hallway together. Mm-hmm. And apparently Harley has a full week's worth of detention. Yes. And I'm sure Harley doesn't have that. Well, I'm sure Harley has a nice, sizable, lengthy track record. And I'm sure. Well, okay. But Mr. Feeney is not that unreasonable. True. My assumption is that. Feeney took the more the approach of trying to talk to him. Well, what do you do with the real world? What What is next for you? And got Harley upset. He shut down. So he goes, well, if you don't want to talk to me, then you may have detention with, you know, this guy. I can definitely so, see that. You know, Mr. I don't think Mr. Feeney is off or at the bat. You have this much attention. You know, Feeney tries to work with every single student. Mm-hmm. He always tries to give them a chance. But if they don't want to take that chance, what can he do? Yep. Well, anywho, uh, apparently they're going to have gang pictures at three o'clock in the senior <laughs> high bathroom. Gang pictures? <laughs> I'm going to pound you into the ground <laughs> in the in yes, the bathroom. Apparently, Corey is a not not out behind the school in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, and Harley treats the senior bathroom as kind of his office space. So he's going to pound him in his office instead of like away from the office. He's uh, it, Harley's not the brightest bulb in the chandelier well, at, sometimes. No, but as you know, that that doorway can either be the bathroom or the principal's office <laughs> or the uh, newsroom or the guidance counselor's office. It just acts as whatever door it needs to be. (laughs) It's probably a magical portal, you know? (laughs) Just changes week to week. Cool. Oh, yes. We go to the lunchroom. We get to the lunchroom. If I might have a word. (laughs) And the word, I believe, would be Shazam. (laughs) Yes, George, I did assign the classic comic book. I realize that you're the new groovy teacher, and I'm the hidebound traditionalist. Well, I just thought I might use the material to sort of relate to them on their level. Oh, Mr. Turner, their level is the level of the beasts of the field. I want them off that level and closer to our level, or should I say my level? George? Hmm? You really think I'm a groovy teacher? I think, Mr. Turner, it shall be an interesting school year. Uh, I'd like to take offense to the fact that he used Shazam when clearly <laughs> X-Men is not uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Yes, it's, it's not even the same company. Yeah. <laughs> How dare he? But it's it's clearly a way to show Mr. Feeney's not quite in touch, but yeah. <laughs> I just, I love that immediate dynamic of this is how Turner teaches Zaffini teaches mm-hmm. and they are going to have a clash of how they do that. Yes. The first of, of several this season we will see. Yeah. 
But this is one of the most enjoyable parts of the season is mm-hmm. understanding how these two adults, these two professionals interact with each other and how you can have a close friendship with someone, but also disagree with them mm-hmm. fundamentally. Indeed. So, I mean, they both have the same goal and mm-hmm. that's what's, what counts. And George, you really think I'm a groovy teacher? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that grin that Anthony Tyler Quinn flashes both to, to Feeney and to uh, Corey, to Pega and Sean in the hallway, it's the same grin. It's that it's, I mean, uh, it's family friendly podcast. We can't really call it what it is, but that's, that's a, that's a smirk. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a smart Alec smile. That's for sure. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> It shall be an interesting school year. <laughs> you really think I'm a groovy teacher? Yeah. And so the nerds get blasted at the school. You really think I'm a... Uh, a... Oh, <laughs> you ruined my joke. because okay. I think Start. we're kind of out of sync a little bit. <laughs> All right. That's a new year. Start over. It's digital. <laughs> yes, it is. I was just going to ask you if you thought I was a groovy podcaster. I think, Mr. Volk, it shall be an interesting season. <laughs> <laughs> it will be especially if our technology doesn't want to work for us oh it's, yeah, again back to the lunchroom we have our nerds once again once again getting blasted by the lunch doors by Corey and sean saying the same things <laughs> and intentionally bullying these guys oh, oh, so sad and it lunches chicken. How appropriate for Corey. <laughs> Eric talking to a girl I, about I it. <laughs> I have to say once again, though, uh, no time did, was there ever just solid chicken serve. Like it was chicken patties, chicken yeah, onions. Never chicken with bones in no, it. No, like straight up. Yeah, no, no straight up chicken. No, that, I mean, in college I had rotisserie chicken, but that's different. Yeah, that's college. I mean, I can't. That yeah, chick. This was a definite TV magic thing. <laughs> There's no way, no way high school's putting chicken with bones in it out there. That's that's a, a safety issue, especially with Harley uh, Kiner running around the school and you know crazies yes. like Joey the Rat. <laughs> mm. Well, Sean's trying to encourage Corey, hey, talk to your brother. Your brother can probably help you. Because I can't. I signed a contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eric. So then Eric decides, or uh, Sean decides to walk to Eric. Yes. And he interrupts Eric because he's talking about his new Mustang Buick. And yes. <laughs> I, I, I need to mention one of the girls that Eric's talking to because she will show up in another episode here soon. But it's Marguerite Moreau. Uh, the very next episode, she'll show up. She's Gail. She's credited as Gail here. But she will show up as Rebecca in the next episode. Uh, she's active uh-huh. still. 93 current acting credits to her name. She's best known in uh, for her role in the 90s as Connie in the Mighty Ducks franchise. Uh, she's also yes. appeared in Third Rock from the Sun, Smallville, The O.C., Lost, Mad Men, Monk, Wet Hot American Summer franchise, and several others. So uh, Sean gets a little distracted because, you know, considered kind of cute, but he does convince Eric to go talk to Corey. <laughs> I just I love the if we go back to last season, though, 
Alan's concern for Corey was that girls are going to make him this blubbery mess. So, <laughs> and quite consistently, that it's is how Sean reacts when girls refer to him being as cute. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, it's school hours. I have no brother. Mm-hmm. Make this quick. <laughs> possibly get into this much trouble in one day it didn't take me a whole day basically eric tells him you know go uh to the nurse tell them you're sick and mom and dad can pick you up you know what i'm like a coward he goes, yes you will but you'll stay alive mm-hmm. and then of course on cue <laughs> harley kiner comes slamming in there who took the last piece of chicken Corey realizes it's him and in a nice visual gag, drops it right into the water fountain under the floor. <laughs> Where's the nurse's <Yeah>. office? <laughs> but I mean, again, in public school, not that they had exact for everybody, but they almost had enough supplies for almost everybody to have whatever they wanted. Like, yeah. There was never a running short. Yeah. Like they were always making like consistently, they always had the same stuff every single day. So like there was enough chicken patties that anyone could have however many they wanted, you know? Yeah. Same thing for pizza, same thing for a lot. I can't imagine, can't imagine Harley not being able to get chicken, especially with his toady footstools. Yeah. <laughs> I would have imagined that Joey the rat would have been first in line. <laughs> Clearly he's the, doesn't have a good number one or a number two. Yeah. So Corey gets to talk with the nerds. Ow! <laughs> he right on my leg with all of his claws. Oh. All right. So hurt leg, got that. Broken nose, got that. Sprained arm, got that. Oh, yeah. The bullies that he and Sean have been Ooh. unintentionally bullying all day. <laughs> yeah. The guy causing the nightmares of these two uh, is also sitting there. Yeah. But credit to Corey. He realizes he doesn't want to be sitting there every day, and he's going to go stand up to Harley and and take his pounding, I guess. And, of course, uh, you know, so Sean wants to be there to support him, but mm-hmm. then... One of the pretty girls who was talking to Eric shows up. <laughs> yep. And Sean's okay with leaving then because Corey was trying to convince him to leave because he had to do it on his own. But Corey didn't feel right until the pretty girl comes along. And then uh, Mr. Turner comes along and has a, a bit of advice for him. Hey, Matthews, we survived day one, huh? The day is young, sir. And so was I. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be the one face up in the suit. You okay, Matthews? You know, Mr. Turner, you know that book you gave us, The Odyssey? Yeah. Did the guy in that get home alive? Yes, he did. He gets past the Cyclops, the evil sirens, and the clashing rocks. Did he go to this high school? (laughs) No. He's a nothing. Ah, dramatic seventh graders. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, for kids in middle school and high school, matter what other things are going on in the world they can't see past the stuff going on at their school and again we know that that time period is extremely difficult and we're very supportive of that and and know that people are rude and horrible 
and unsupportive and mm -hmm. are all eating each other to try to become popular and you know stand out mm -hmm. from everybody else and yes and everybody's I've, miserable if if you are a seventh grader or an eighth grader or or somewhere in that range and you're one of the good looking people listening we we don't make light of your own uh, personal perceptions of life. We understand that to oh. you, that is that is the the world. That is your world. That is your yeah. your your stress. Your your life at, at a crossroads. Um, we're just looking at it through our perspective with with what we have gone through ourselves. <laughs> All right. And we would do what Turner did, which is step away for a minute. Come back, check things again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because that's the right thing to do is to double check and make sure everybody's okay. Because you can tell when someone's not doing all right, and we definitely support whatever things you're going through because we know it's not easy. Mm -hmm. We've been there. Yep. So, but yeah, um, he thinks maybe Harley isn't going to show up. <laughs> And then he shows up uh, to be a little bit dramatically late. That's right. Maybe he's going to make an entrance. <laughs> yes. And Corey tries to plead with him. So basically, Corey says, hey, you have an opportunity to decide you don't want to be this person anymore. You can choose to, to walk away and, and you know, uh, make a change. And he goes, huh, <laughs> I stand here at the crossroads of my life. Yet I am what I am, and I must kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I, Harley is written as this 1950s greaser with a very low intellect, and yet he has some of the most quotable and enjoyable dialogue. <laughs> well, it's like he's poetic of nothing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I love Harley. <laughs> but... He, I think that's so interesting. He goes, aren't you going to run or whine or something? And Corey just says, no. And it does lead me down that road of how many people has Harley actually beaten up compared to how many people has Harley scared mm -hmm. and then not had to do anything about it? That's a great question. Hmm. Because I'm not saying that Harley didn't beat people up. I'm sure he did. But like. He wants him to do something other than just stand there ready to take it. Mm -hmm. hmm. So the, I do think that Corey does affect him and impact him. He just doesn't realize it yet. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, someone else shows up. We get to the great one. Eric himself yes, shows up. Eric. Who's going to defend this, uh, this seventh grader he doesn't know. All right, he's my brother. <laughs> yeah, but they do give him a nice, cool entrance, and he kind of comes up they and looks do. straight into his face. He whips, he jumps over that that uh, that stair railing, and s stands right up in Harley's face, and mm -hmm. it's, it's a nice shot. And, and you do get the feeling like if Turner doesn't show up. Eric is ready to fight him mm -hmm. for his brother. Oh, yeah. Because this is Harley's chance to, to wipe out the entire baboon family. <laughs> yeah. But then, unfortunately, uh, 
we hear, uh, we gotta hold the place down, guys. That's right. Oh, I'm your worst nightmare. I'm a teacher. Oh, a teacher. No wonder I don't recognize you. What do you teach? Oh, English lit and kickboxing. What seems to be the problem? Nothing. We were working it out. Actually, it looks like you're about to pound this kid into the ground. See? That's a problem for me. See, because if one of my students gets killed the first day, I look bad. People start to talk. I get a reputation. I'm careless with students, you know? So do me a favor. Don't kill my student. Could I take you? Nah. Well, I could have taken the kid, though. Good for you. So, Odysseus, looks like you make it home safely. Thanks, Mr. Turner. I'll see you tomorrow. Read the book. I lived it. I could have taken the kid, though. Good for you. <laughs> you know, I just... Mr. Turner coming back, showing that he's a cool teacher, mm-hmm. defusing the situation. Yep. It's terrific. Yeah, not a punch thrown. He He's able to lean on his position of authority as a teacher where Harley knows he has to back down. And uh-huh. you know, he, he doesn't put anything in jeopardy and he's able to even in in a subtle roundabout way threaten not not threaten but imply to harley that even if you wanted to escalate this you're not gonna take me out (laughs) that was a wise choice well all the words he used was quite uh quite wise Mm -hmm. and of course uh, Corey avoids his first fight which is a good thing yes and Corey gets a nice moment with eric and thanks him for being his brother Mm -hmm. and then looks for sean who missed the whole thing in his locker. <laughs> yep. Sean can come out now and uh, Sean's not ready to come out. He's creating his own uh, reputation. <laughs> Big lockers in high school. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that during uh, fun facts or uh, fun fact during deep dives. <laughs> yes. But we get to the end of the episode, the tag, if you will. Uh, yes. And uh, Corey walks in uh, pronouncing that uh, Eric the one who said he didn't have a brother sure did uh, act like it. The great one, Eric Matthews. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, Alan, Amy, and uh, Morgan are watching TV, and they're all talking, and one hits one, one hits another, and then Morgan yells, hey, I'm trying to watch TV. That's And then power. they all end just watching TV together in this nice uh, picturesque, uh, <laughs> picturesque ending to the episode. of... We were all just slapping each other, and now we're going to watch TV together. <laughs> yes. Vast emotional <laughs> damage. Well, Alan hits Eric in the back of the head, and Amy goes, don't hit him, and hits him then in the back of the head. Because Eric hit Corey. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> don't hit your oh, brother. Goodness. Don't hit him. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. Ah, uh, yes. That is the first episode of season two. A yes. brand new show in this vast uh, <laughs> emotional damages. Woo-hoo! Welcome to season two. Yeah. I will say this did feel like the pilot episode a little bit, introducing new things and mm-hmm. new set. And, you know, but things are going to get a lot faster, a lot quicker, and less episode than it has to episode. Yes, I do agree. 
Yeah. So, Tyler, I believe you've got some deep dives for us, right? I do. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? The ghost of Minkus is still with us. That is correct, Minkus. You are the only one that read it, and that's why you're not around anymore. All right, so a couple of uh, deep dives for you. Um, Fake sideburns you could buy. If you go to Amazon right now, uh, you'll find Mr. Mustachio's five meatiest uh, pork chops for uh, $3.99. Different sizes of fake uh, sideburns uh, for you. Different colors for everyone's taste. I am looking on Amazon right now at fake sideburns. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you told me if I come on right now, I I think they're pretty good deal, I'm not going to lie. It was $9.99 before. Uh, Okay, so the Odyssey. I found it. I found it's a second listing. <laughs> uh, so the Odyssey is it's an old story uh, originally told verbally. Um, so you know, back a long, long time ago, before we wrote stuff down, everything was passed uh, verbally. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, an old story passed down, passed down, passed down. Uh, in the 18th century, it was finally written down around uh, 1614 uh, by Homer. Follows the story of Odysseus and his journey to get back home to his wife, his wife who was waiting there for him to return. And I think the funniest part about the story is that he gets back home and they're so happy and then he leaves again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those deals where it's like, what was the point of the story? Let's get the lockers. So the standard size of a high school locker is 12 inches width, 15 inches deep. And depending upon if you have a tall locker or a short locker, anywhere between 30 inches to 60 inches. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> could you fit someone tiny in a locker? Sure. Could you fit two uh, high schoolers in a locker? No. No. Not even back in 1994. Uh Yeah. Not, not even two seventh graders no, in 1994. No, there is no good way for two people to get into a locker and make out comfortably. No, so. this this is a TV Miss locker. <laughs> this is a TV locker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a magical locker where they shove all sorts of stuff in there. So who who's to say of uh, what actually happens? Oh, I feel yes. like it's always the same locker that they open there too. So, yeah, I mean this this is a this is a TV show where at one point one of these lockers will have a garage door opener style uh, attachment. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, excellent. I will say that Brett, uh, if you want to give more details after I say what I need to say, feel free to because I know you have more knowledge about the X Men comics <laughs> than I do. The original comics came out uh, in uh, September of 1963, uh, originally created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee of Marvel. Mm-hmm. It kind of died out in the seven in, uh, in the 70s, and then May of 1975 came out with uh, Giant X Men or like New Mutants. Uh, this new run that came out with a new uh, X Men crew and 
the most popular X-Men, I'd argue, came out at this time period called Wolverine, mm -hmm. which really jump-started X-Men being this much bigger entity than what it was initially, because initially it was this hodgepodge group of people that all came together that had these powers, but this new crew had more of an international appeal to them, coming from you know different walks of life, and you had Nightcrawler and Colossus, a lot of these famous characters that you know people will say is their favorites. I mean, my favorite X-Men is Wolverine, I'm going to be honest. At the time of the 90s, X-Men were huge because of the X-Men TV show, which was going airing at this time. So X-Men was really in the zeitgeist for kids. It was mentioned a lot last season, but I knew that we were going to have this episode. So I was like, let's just wait. So this is why we're waiting. I didn't actually get to look at what season was running at this time, but this is one of those shows that would constantly air episode after episode, no matter what. I think at this point also the Spider-Man show was also airing too. So, you know, X-Men is in the mindset of the point i'm trying to make so would you like to add anything to that brett uh, uh nothing that wouldn't take us down rabbit holes that's a that's a solid deep dive so let's get into the deep dive that i have of the word gay but then we can have a discussion afterwards about context and making it clear that we, we are very supportive let's just say it like that the word gay it, it can be uh, originated back towards the 12th century it's an old french word derived from spelled g-a-i probably is, is say gay um which means full of joy it's been used in a variety of different ways throughout the course of time since that time period from different cultures all of which have kind of accepted it's a form of saying homosexuality. In the 90s in particular, it was starting to be used as a way of saying, as a slang to say stupid or undesirable. So with that said, I know from personal experience that the word gay was more often referred to as something that was dumb or stupid or, you know, undesirable is the more uh, fancier way of saying it but basically if anything you didn't like that's just what you referred it to not that that was okay but that that was just what was accepted at the time to be used and it was very much in all sorts of pop culture at the time and it doesn't mean that that was the right way to do things but that was true to the time period so i think there's a chance that when they're talking talking oh are you saying i'm gay i mostly feel that the writers are trying to be provocative to say that this is the new style of our show is going in this direction but also there's a chance that he's just saying are you calling me dumb not are you calling me a homosexual but again it's it's using that word to be edgy to be edgy yeah i think there's a possibility but i i, I do Personally, I do believe that the writers were falling back on the the trope of the the joke being, uh, are are you calling me, or are you inferring that I'm homosexual, uh, and calling his heterosexuality into question, because it's it's just at the time in Hollywood that was an easy joke to make. Yeah. Oh, I agree completely. It's a sad truth, but. 
at that time in the 90s, in the 90s and in Hollywood and just in general in society, it just, it was an easy joke to make of questioning males' fluidity, I guess, um, or their manliness, you know. It's cheap, but it, again, it's a way of being edgy to be edgy. And the reason that it was successful is because it continued to get the the responses and the laughs that it did. And you, I mean, you can look yeah. now and you see us what thirty years removed, and you don't typically uh, in mainstream entertainment you don't typically see those types of jokes traditionally landing anymore. I mean, you see a lot of thought pieces that will take these shows that are 30 and 40 years old and, and uh, just pointing out all the ways that they don't hold up or their humor that doesn't hold up or their characters that are not as diverse as they would be today. And uh, I mean, it's, it's not boy means world is not going to escape that kind of scrutiny. Uh, no, no show that was filmed 30, 40 years ago is going to, because that's just, it was an entirely different context back then as it is now. That doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's right or wrong. That's just the type of world that it was produced within at that time and bringing us forward into, uh, 2023, as we sit here and record this, um, I don't believe that either one of us would make that joke with, uh, with really with anyone. No, I know that we both uh, have been at different times in our lives have served as youth pastors. I currently work as a communications director with, uh, uh, with the United Methodist church and Tyler serves as a youth pastor. And um, this is, it's not something that we would, ever seek to to use as 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 humor in any way because all that no. would do would be to dehumanize an individual right. mm-hmm. well and there are there are a lot of teenagers searching to figure out who they are mm-hmm. and in no way do you ever want to hurt their growth hurt their development by making a joke to question their identity, their uh, preference and who they are want to be with. And, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is support them. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that we, we would, I personally would never make that joke. I don't think you would ever make that joke, no. but it's just, we have to look at it in the context of at the time. And it's not that out there to also say that the R word would also be used at this time for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now it's a little bit more raunchy of a word and <laughs> just going through my quick memory bank. I don't think, um, boy, Miss world ever uses the R word, but this is a easier way to be edgy without hurting too many feelings. Quote unquote is mm-hmm. probably the easiest way to say it. Yeah. Um, that's always easier to punch down at people that, society says is less than at this time society said that they were less than yes very much so yeah and so i mean for for all of you good looking people out there uh like tyler said at the end of the day um you know we we love all of you 
you know, we, we support uh-huh. all of you. Um, no matter who you are, uh, no matter what your life situation is, we, we are not anyone to judge you or where you are or where you're coming from. We are not uh-huh. anyone to, to call you to make decisions for your own life. You are who you are. And that is not up uh-huh. to us to make decisions for you. And so, you know what? Exactly. If, if we ever meet you out in the real world, we love you. We're not going to run away from you. Yeah. Give us a give us uh-huh. a high five. You know, fist bump. Unless we're in yeah. another pandemic. Exactly. We'll take a high five. <laughs> we'll take a high five. Make it an awkward turkey. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if we can handle the dance that Corey and Sean do because I don't remember it well enough. But sure, we'll try it. <laughs> no, I don't think we'll really. Although I do like that they add it's a new cool dance <laughs> they do one time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seriously, we, I mean, we're, we're, it is not a, it is not for us to judge. We, I mean, we are all humans. We are all messy and in our own lives, in our own ways, it is not for us to judge anyone or to call anyone to question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, and, and I think the statement does need to be made. It's teenagers that are making these statements. It's not mm-hmm. any of the adults saying anything towards these students yes and i do think that is a very a very fine and clear distinction to point out that as as we go through um especially coming from the perspective of fathers uh with his yeah. such a high regard as we both have for the character of alan that uh, uh-huh. that it is teenagers that we're observing with this type of behavior, this type of attitude, that it is not the parent yeah. figures or the teacher figures that are using this type of perspective. Yeah. And it is, it's one of those episodes where it's mostly taking place at the school. So it's not like he gets to check in with Alan to rethink about things, you know? Yep. So, yeah. But again, um, Context. Context is always king, friends. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are going to move on. I think that was a very healthy, productive uh, conversation. And um, if anyone needs to talk more to us about that, please feel free to reach out. Because yes. again, we're here to do nothing but support. Because what else can we do? Exactly. So, uh, Brett, uh, what do you think you learned this week? Oh, well, before I get to that... Let me give you this little ditty that I whipped up for this season. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? (laughs) (laughs) So, Brett, what type of picture do you want to draw for us this week? Let me get my markers out. <laughs> oh my god! I don't remember if I warned you this so was coming happy. or not. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should credit it to Feeney or Turner from now on, but uh, my lesson for this week: running from problems and trying to find ways around them is only going to cause more problems for you. So, be willing to stand up to your problems and know that 
sometimes the hardest journey is actually the right one. It's a little out there, but I feel like the thing I learned the most, or just maybe just, you know, reprise into my head is be aware of your surroundings. Hmm. Like, I just keep thinking about those two boys <laughs> that Corey and Sean just keep abusing. And I don't know why, but I can't help but see that and go, why? Oh, why can't you see that they're there? Or at least at the end of the episode, why didn't you go, oh, I'm sorry. I kept hitting you with doors. Like, oh, man. don't you know that you're the reason they're having a bad day? <laughs> Oh man! They, even when he sat with them in the nurse's office, yeah, <laughs> I, it could just be because I'm, I spent way too much time with teenagers over the past <laughs> week. But it's like, why aren't you more aware? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, yeah, that's a very good lesson to learn. <laughs> yes, or as uh, Razogul will say, be mindful of your surroundings. Yes. Always mind your surroundings. <laughs> Mr. Wayne. Ah, uh, yes. So, Tyler. Uh... Miss Owens, excellent. Mr. Baker, very nice. Mr. Matthews. Well, there it is. What would you grade back to school? Mm. I think I'm going to have to go with the B minus. Mm-hmm. This episode has to do a lot of heavy lifting to get us to this is the new normal that we're going to be at. And, uh, and there's a part of me that wanted to give it a C because it was, you know, it's a good story. I'm happy with it. It feels average, especially compared to some of the earlier episodes that I thought were incredible and those A tiers. But, you know, this this is a good episode. There's just, there's so many characters introduced. There's so much newness to it, but you're right. This Turner is just such a joyful addition to the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Harley's poetic nothingness is quite spectacular. <laughs> and, and, but also getting more Corey and Sean and Eric all together is nice. Oh yes, definitely. So what would you grade it? I give it a B plus um, with as much heavy lifting as there to do. Uh, I, I actually kind of revel in the newness and the unfamiliarity that Corey and Sean have to go through. And yeah, there's some episode got an episode and there's, there's some dancing around with suspension of disbelief with uh, things like locker size and whatnot. But uh, I, I like the thread of really tying it into Odysseus. Uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for Greek mythology anyway. So, and plus, you know, Mr. Turner, Frankie, and that poetic nothingness of, of Harley. <laughs> I love Harley, but I mean, I will say that I think the reason why I can't go B plus or even just a straight up B, Alan's in only in it for like three seconds. Yeah, I, I I would have gone higher if Alan was at least at least had you know one more scene. I could have mm-hmm. gone to an A minus, but I need a little more Alan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the part that we're gonna struggle with is, is looking through the eyes of being a dad. Of you know, 
is there much data advice able to happen in this episode? This mm-hmm. episode is a no. But it's still a good episode. still oh, really yes. enjoyable. Oh, very much so. Will I watch it again and again and again? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Season two is the easiest season to start getting into and just watching the whole show. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, Tyler, do you have a dad joke for me? No. <laughs> yeah, I gave you two last week. Oh, uh, give me a second. Uh, yeah, you did. You're just an overachiever. Well, while I look up a dad joke, do you want to see if anyone decided to uh, take us up on our offer of uh, I already comment and uh, no one did. <laughs> no one has taken so any of it. <laughs> No emails, no comments or ratings. We, you know, both our wives tried to say, can I get a free t-shirt? If I do it, can I get one? It's like, you don't even watch the show. You don't listen. Yeah, you don't <laughs> listen. You got to at least listen to full episodes. I mean, come on. I've got someone living in the house with me who listens to a full episode every week, and she doesn't even email or comment or leave a review. <laughs> All right, let's go with this one. Because it's school related. I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. (laughs) That one's a classic. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I think that's an episode. Yes, that is most definitely an episode. (laughs) Well, thanks, Brett, for... Getting back to us, getting the the regular episodes. Yes, getting back Can't wait for to episode school. two. <laughs> yes, next week we're gonna experience a little pairing off, if you will. That's right, getting into some spicy and even more Boy pairing world. off after that. <laughs> yes. Boy's world after dark. <laughs> I was say there may be a little nick nick cut after. <laughs> 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 Hashtag release the nick nick cut. You'll never look at peaches the same way again. Yes. Uh, well, Brett, I think there's plenty of places you can find us with Dad's Meat World attached to it. Oh, yeah. Social media. You want to find me at this point on Twitter because what's the point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of them at Dad's Meat World. You can email us at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. First person to send us uh, uh, an email or leave us a review on any of our podcast uh, 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 distribution channels, you get a free shirt. We'll get in touch free with t-shirt. you. Free, free t-shirt. Free t-shirt. Your choice of design. We just put up season two uh, designs in our shop at dasmeworld.threadless.com. Well, Tyler. Uh, and, hey, it's perfect for if a little baby. Uh, on your hoodie, you got to go get a new one. So That's right. We'll help you out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett, as always, we'll see you good looking. I'll see you good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.
so Odyssey is um wow. I really need to stop trying to write things while I'm sitting on the couch. Um Welcome back to Das Meat World. Sorry, I popped <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that again. Okay. 